I am a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. <laughs> and one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does the hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with promo code Lexi. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics, and Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can... You can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the Alexi podcast, and thank you for tuning in. I'm on strike with alcohol. That's the baseline of this episode. I don't think I've ever talked about alcohol on the podcast in any extensive way, but I'm a young 20-something. Alcohol is definitely prevalent in my life, and I've gotten to a point where it's happening so frequently, so casually, and I'm not about it. I started drinking alcohol when I was a teenager. I think it was summer going into freshman year of high school, 4th of July. A couple friends and I were having a sleepover and we went into her parents' liquor cabinet and we drank a little. I don't even know if I got drunk, but I did drink. And I'm from Warrington, Virginia. There's not a whole lot. There's a little, but we don't have a mall. We don't have a movie theater. We didn't have a bowling alley. We had basements. We had field parties. Maybe a friend would have a camper and we would hang out in their parents' camper and drink. We would have a bonfire. We would go into the woods somewhere. There was not a ton of activity. So we would do things like play Edward Forty Hands and tape <laughs> malt liquor to our hands and not be able to take it off until we finished both of them. There was a ton of just various drinking games that I was participating in as a young teenager and I thankfully don't have substance abuse issues in my family. The addiction gene doesn't run in my family so starting young didn't impact me the way that it unfortunately has for some of my loved ones 
experimenting with alcohol and substances so young. I mean, I'm thinking of the ways that I would smoke as a teenager. Using a gravity bong that was a milk carton in a large popcorn bucket, that's disgusting. A lot of water bongs, a lot of the little metal pieces inside a plastic water bottle. The first time I ever smoked weed was out of a Diet Coke can in the snow, makeshift bowl. And then we'd get older siblings or older friends to drive to the liquor store or the gas station. We would hey Mr. People, just stand outside 7-Eleven, ask someone to buy us a case of beer, a bottle of wine, anything. And then there were the certain friends that their parents were really checked out or not in the picture. And we would drink at their houses and I would get hammered. And it was silly and it was fun and I enjoyed it and whatever. And then when I graduated high school, instead of going to college, I took some time off and I moved to Los Angeles. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I would assume that in a major city, they would party way harder. That was my thought process, okay? Bigger city, more people, more access, more resources. They're going to have more. No, no, because there's more to do. I was actually hanging out with a bunch of people who had been drunk a few times in their life, if at all had smoked weed once or twice, if ever. And that was very interesting because I was so used to partying more often. And simultaneously, my friends that I was hanging out with in high school were now at state schools, partying, drinking like proper alcoholics every single evening, maybe on weekends during the day, maybe on days off during the day. And whenever I would go visit, I could not hang the way that they were hanging because I was already drinking, I thought, a lot. My tolerance was pretty high. I remember my senior year of high school, my boyfriend at the time, who alcoholism does run in his family, we were drinking like crazy and we were drinking almost every day and it had gotten to the point where our tolerances were so high that he had taken 12 shots, I had taken nine shots and we looked at each other And I was like, do you feel it? He's like, no, do you feel it? I was like, not really. That's nuts. I have three drinks now and I am on one. So moving to Los Angeles ended up being good for me in that regard because it would have only progressed more had I gone to a party school. And then I would argue that similarly in New York, I mean, it was about the same as Los Angeles. Of course, you can really party in New York. And you really can party in Los Angeles, but oh my god, you can really party in New York. But I think the circle of friends that I was surrounding myself with weren't partying too hard. Not harder than my Virginia friends. I still, to this day, have not met people that party harder than my Virginia friends. And also... Partying is a bit more expensive in New York than it is in the middle of nowhere. So I think that played into it a tad, but not much. In both Los Angeles and New York, in my personal experience, I was having wild nights out, but not to the same frequency or ingesting the same amount that I was in high school. I still, to this day, think the hardest I've ever partied in my life was in high school. And now that I'm in my later 20s... I'm finding that I'm not having these crazy nights out nearly as frequently the way that I would normally be having it once a week. I'll have it once a month, maybe less frequently like that where I'm actually getting properly drunk. Like I could count on one hand the amount of times I've been really, really drunk this year and that's just the phase that it's fading into. 
However, I'm currently in the phase of having a glass of wine or two or three every single evening while chatting with friends. Having wine with dinner, having wine while watching a movie in our house, going out having some cocktails. And this continued all week into the weekend and yesterday I realized that I had had alcohol every single day since last Thursday or Friday and it's now Sunday. I'm on strike. I don't want it anymore. The whites of my eyes aren't as white as they should be right now. They're a little yellow and I swear it's because of the alcohol. I feel fuzzy and more than that, I feel physically anxious. And out of all of these nights of drinking, I really only felt drunk one or two of these nights, but I'm having the negative side effects of alcohol without even necessarily feeling the excitement of it. And this is just my personal experience with alcohol. Also naturally, to give a disclaimer as if it isn't overwhelmingly obvious that this is my personal experience and I have just hit a bit of a wall where I don't want it right now. I don't want it. It's gross. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, Saturday was a club. That's the night that I'm thinking of where it's like really raged, was having tequila, blah, blah, blah. But the night before, I was at a dinner party, lots of white wine. The Thursday before that was at a friend's house. We were just chatting, watching a movie, drinking wine. The night before, I was at a friend's house, drinking, just casually. Before that, I was at a show, and I had that, that night, I had margaritas for dinner, and that was a nightmare. I was so, I woke up with so much anxiety in the morning. We went to a Mexican restaurant that was horrible. Like, I'm not a picky eater, but this was border, bordering inedible. And all I liked were the drinks. The drinks were good. So margaritas for dinner, horrible, because then I went to a show and I had a beer, and then we went to a wine bar after and I had a glass of wine. I woke up the next morning feeling horrible, M- more mentally than physically. And the night before that, we had people over to our house and we were watching a movie and drinking wine. On Monday, I'm going backwards in time. We had friends in town and went out to dinner. We had wine beforehand and I had a martini at dinner. I know there's certain friends of mine that have grown up with parents that are very casually drinking often or friends with parents that are alcoholics. You know, there, there is a range. I have parents that really didn't drink. We always had alcohol in the house. There were beautiful options of beers and wines and liquors at all times, but it was very much for the purpose of entertaining. I have very few memories of ever seeing my dad drunk. My mom would get tipsy off a drink or two, but that would be about it. And then a lot of the other members of my family, alcohol doesn't agree with them. They'll have a drink and feel sick. So I was never in a family where we would go to the holiday dinners and people would be getting drunk. Like, I I don't have that experience. When I think of Christmas, everybody's sober. Everybody is stone cold sober and on edge. Um, Which is, you know, different. It's just different. Same thing with Thanksgiving. I don't think of it as a time to to be drinking with the fam. I don't drink with my family. We'll have maybe a glass of wine, a beer, a cocktail, but I'm telling you, I've never had more than like a couple drinks with my family or seeing my family have more than a drink or two. I don't think I've ever seen either of my parents ever order a third. So I'm right now at a break point. And I don't mean like a breaking point. I mean a point to take a break. I just want to pause for a little bit. I'm not giving up alcohol. I'm not going sober. I'm just sick of it right now. I have, I'm not enjoying it and it's poison. So if I'm not liking it, definitely not going to partake. 
Don't even get me started about how my face looks. I'm so puffy right now. My jawline's gone. When I'm washing my face, I can't feel my cheekbones the way I could two weeks ago. So I know these aren't long-lasting effects, but it's crazy how there are short-term effects as well, where I had taken a couple weeks off of drinking, not intentionally, just wasn't the phase that I was in, and I was able to start seeing my muscles more. As soon as I started drinking, I swear I just get puffy all over. So that too. But mostly, mostly, it's the sluggishness and feeling anxious. I cannot stand it. I would not be having this conversation or taking this break if I wasn't feeling unsettled and anxious almost every day for the past week. And I was having a good time, you know, I was doing fun things. And it was horrible because the only thing that would alleviate the anxiousness would be having a drink. It's just not the cycle that I want to be in. Adding another disclaimer in, I do not have the addiction gene, so being able to flippantly go in and out of drinking and stopping when I want and starting when I want, I know is not the case for everybody. But I'm just speaking as the case for myself. Okay, I took a little second to scroll through my camera roll, and I did some really fun, exciting things this week. I had a good week, but God, I did not feel fantastic. It was not worth it, and I can say that so confidently. So I'm going on strike. Also, by the time you're listening to this, I will be in New York. So we'll see how that goes, because I'm sure I will actually have one night, but I just want to slow down. I want to have clean and clear weekdays that I wake up on and I, it's 8 a.m. and I feel beautiful. I don't want to wake up and feel like my heart is racing. I feel scared. There's nothing to be scared of, but I just feel scared. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. In the past, I had done sober Octobers where I would not drink all of October and then go crazy on Halloween. I do think this break will be pretty easy in Los Angeles comparatively because people in LA are so boundaried up, so sober curious. I'll be fine. My issue is that I have activities that I associate with alcohol and activities that I don't associate with alcohol. I'll go on a hike. I'm not expecting to have a beer. Let's go rock climbing. Let's go to the movie theater. Let's go shopping. All these daytime activities, I'm not expecting to have alcohol. My thing is, if I'm not drinking, I don't want to go out. And I've never really tried going out at night sober. I could just really babysit a single drink. I'm working through this in real time. Because I'm not sure if it's a matter of that I couldn't handle going out to a wine bar and not having a glass of wine. It's just I wouldn't want to go if I'm not having it. Like, I don't want to go to a restaurant if I'm not eating. I don't want to go to a bar if I'm not drinking. I don't want to go to a club if I'm not drinking. I don't want to go to a club if I am drinking sometimes. Actually, at this club, I saw a friend of mine, and I offered her a sip of my margarita, and she declined it. And I said, are you not drinking tonight? She said, nope. I said, why are you here? She goes, you got to pick your battles. And I thought to myself, this is not a battle I'd pick. <laughs> really? You're here? Why would you come here? But maybe there's something I don't understand. Another sensation I dislike that I find happens when I'm drinking frequently is during the day, I feel like I never really wake up. No, I'm not technically in bed all day, but mentally I've been in bed all day. 
Does that make sense? I'm technically awake, but am I? I feel in a daze. I feel in a fog. I feel like my day hasn't really started, and then I'll get a surge of energy at night. It's ruining my sleep schedule. No fun. Also, when I was younger, I would drink alcohol to calm my nerves when flirting with guys. Now I'm like, I don't want drunk sex. Drunk sex is fun, you know, a little bit, but sober sex when it's good is the best. So we're going to try it out. I'm going to test the waters of when I'm out at dinner. Do you want anything to drink? No, thanks. You can just be easy breezy about it. I don't need to make it a whole thing. I do not imagine I will be using the term sober curious. People in LA are so funny for that. Or like California sober. Who who created that term? That's funny. That's crazy. You can still do shrooms and smoke weed, but you're sober. You're just California sober. Wild. But then I think about people in Europe. How do they do it? How are they drinking all the time? And it's fine. And they're high-functioning members of society. Because over here in America, I do not feel that way. What's the difference? What am I missing? I do not know. So long story long, that's where my head's at. And let's see where your head is at. Every single week, I ask on Instagram for questions that I can answer in the episodes. My Instagram handle is Lexi. And let's see what you asked. But first, a word from today's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You can sell your products on an online store or create custom merch easily to create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Use their analytical insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com Lexi to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com L-E-X-I-E. You ever want to tap into something a little fun? A fun pair of shoes that are also quite functional? That's a cowboy boot. And get a pair of Tacovas to help. Tacovas is the real deal. They're a really amazing brand. Their boots have this time-honored tradition and take over 200 steps to create. They're designed in Austin, tested in Texas, and made down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. They're also fun. They believe in Western for all. So when you go into a Tacova store, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine, and a drink. Even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that makes your boots feel truly one of a kind. So look up your closest store on tacovas.com. As a special opportunity for my listeners, Tacova said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free in any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas. Just use code LEXI at checkout. That's L-E-X-I-E. At checkout and add free logo hat to your order. And that's only at tacovas.com. Point your toes west. Anonymous. I forgot to wish one of my friends a happy birthday. How do I make it up to her? A gift. I think that's all it takes. Bring them flowers next time you see them. Get them something special. Something a little bit more special to say happy birthday and I'm sorry all at the same time. Get them a gift. 
easy. They'll forgive you. Because the whole point of wishing someone a happy birthday is to let them know you're thinking of them and you love them. So if you forgot it and you still want to show them, I'm thinking of you and I love you, get them a birthday gift. Easy, easy, easy. Soldier 5000 asks, do you go bouldering by yourself? I want to, but I get nervous. So when I started rock climbing, bouldering, whatever you call it, I was going with a friend and she was more experienced than I was. And then she went out of town for a month and I didn't want to stop climbing just because she wasn't there. And I'll admit I did not like climbing alone at first, but then I got really used to it and I found a routine for myself. I also watch a lot of climbing videos on YouTube and I was learning different techniques and drills that I wanted to try. So I didn't mind climbing by myself because it wasn't just a social event for me anymore that had this fun aspect. It was a skill that I wanted to get better at. So then when I would go, I'd be focused on something. I had a goal in mind and time would pass and I didn't even realize that I was alone because I was busy. I had things that I wanted to do. And then just by posting on Instagram and talking about it, some friends had seen and they've taken an interest and I now have a bunch of friends I can climb with, which is great. So I do like climbing with others, but I still do go by myself. I went by myself yesterday and I really enjoyed it. But I will say, I was intimidated at first, but you'll get over that hump, I promise. It might just be a little awkward the first couple times, then it goes away and it's effortless. Oh, Dash, oh, I know your username. I mean, I know you're Avi, honestly, but I don't know how to say your username. Dashamilava, what's one thing in your morning routine that you can't live without? Let me think of something that's not so boring as water with lemon. I'm not a morning person, so my morning routine is pretty minimal. Everything boring, everything that you would probably do too. I don't know if I have any extra, my skincare, sunscreen, I don't know, I'm pretty, pretty boring. I don't have anything interesting in that capacity, sorry. Thea wants to know, when's the right time to ask, so what are we? I'm over leaving up to the guy to get to decide what the definition of my relationship is because I have just as much of a part in this relationship as he does or she or the other person. Don't need to be so binary. So I think the conversation should happen when I have figured out what I want to be. When I want to help define what are we, then I'm ready to have the conversation because I want to be able to give my input. But when this conversation happens, ladies, this is the tricky part, but this is what's going to ultimately get you what you want. Say what you want. And if they are not interested in giving you what you want, you need to end things and move on. Do not stay in a situation that is less than what you're looking for. You are wasting your time. It is better to be single and not in a relationship than in a subpar relationship with this person because time's going to go by and they're not going to change and you're going to regret it. Do not accept less than what you want. Elif Okay said, I would love to shoot you. Such a goddess. May I please? Let's check out your profile. Let's see who you are. Oh, wow. Really beautiful portraits. Cinematic stills generated with AI. Whoa, I thought that was a real person. That's cool. Oh my God, I'm loving all of your AI generated ones. If you can make me look like that, sure. Sarah wants advice on moving past feelings of guilt after reacting poorly to a situation that ended your relationship. This is what I say to myself. You cannot say the wrong thing to the right person and you cannot say the right thing to the wrong person. If it was right, 
what you said would not have ruined things. Slipping into the lava asked how to get out of a sexual rut. My SSRI eliminated my sex drive. Help. If I were you and my sex drive was eliminated because of my medication, I would talk to my psychiatrist about it and say my sex drive has gone. What do we think? Should we adjust my medication? You gotta think of pros and cons. How were you feeling before? Do you feel better than you were? Is this temporary time of low libido worth it in the long run? Have you been on this SSRI for a long time? Because it's not a rut if it's if it's a direct cause. Eh, maybe it is, but if it's something that you know is pointed to something else, I would work on that to see what could be changed first. Nicole wants to know, what can I do to feel better about my ex's engagement? I'm all right, but kind of sad. I think it's sad because the ego is hurt, not because you're in love with them anymore, but because you want them to still be in love with you. And the fact that someone got to meet you and be with you and they've chosen someone else, it hurts, you know? You're like, no, but you're supposed to still be in love with me. You should spend the rest of your life pining after me, even though I want nothing to do with you. That's not fair, but it's a human feeling. It's normal. Favorite horror movie? This is from Noelle. I liked Get Out. I liked Us. I don't watch too many horror movies. I saw Hereditary. I would really have to rack my brain at the type of horror movies I've seen because I haven't seen that many, but I really do like Jordan Peele's. Other Side of Jupiter asked, any tips for someone learning to rock climb for the first time? Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Oh, this is funny. Grace asked, how do you deal with anxiety? I don't know. I don't know how to deal with it, so I'm just going to stop the root cause, which seems to be the hangover, which seems to be the alcohol. I won't have anxiety if I'm not hungover, and I won't have a hangover if I don't drink. I'm just doing it the simple way. Talyuka? I don't know. Thoughts on the Eras tour movie? I haven't seen it yet, but I would love to because I really, really enjoyed Eras. I loved it, and if I could relive it, I would, and I want to see it in theaters. Oh my god, I'm actually going to stay with a Swifty in New York, so I'm sure he and I, he would go to see it again, totally. I'm going to text him right now. Jayla asked, how to have a fun and flirty winter even when you live in the cold? There are so many fun indoor activities. Bowling. Oh my god, think of like a little ski cabin moment. You and a bunch of single friends go rent a cabin out somewhere. Sitting by the fireplace, mug of tea, hot chocolate, coffee, hosting movie nights. There's still options. You can be flirty any time of year. Editing Lexi. Have to add that there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. And there's a ton of outdoor activities that you can do. Walks in the snow or sunset walks. You can still bike ride, skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, running. I remember when I had a phase where I really enjoyed long distance running. That began end of November when I was living in New York. So just dress appropriately and you don't need to limit yourself to only indoor activities. Charlotte wants to know my least favorite parts of LA. They're all going to be the quintessentials like traffic, dumb drivers. I don't know, I'm not much of an LA hater these days, so it's really just traffic. But I'm listening to audiobooks still, so 
I don't mind traffic right now, which I just downloaded Julia Fox's book. I have not started it yet, but I figured I would get it on Audible because she narrates it. And I know her voice is her voice, but I want to hear her story in her voice. Miranda wants to know what are your favorite hobbies and how did you get into them? Well, y'all know I love reading. And y'all know as of recently, I've really taken up to rock climbing. But I always have one physical activity that I really like that I'll sort of take to because before rock climbing it was Pilates and before Pilates hot yoga and before hot yoga it was powerlifting and before that it was running they kind of happen simultaneously I always go back and forth with yoga yoga has been a running theme where every so often I I just go through a heavy yoga phase and then Pilates has sort of entered that as well but right now rock climbing is new also, I had a rowing phase. Love to go rowing for a minute. It would be indoor, not outdoor. Summer 2020, I was loving swimming. My parents never swimming laps. 45 minutes a day. There's always oh, sunset bike rides with my dad. Sometimes the physical activities are competitive and sometimes they're just simply enjoyable. Like sometimes the competition is what is interesting to me. And then sometimes it's just the fact that it's really sweet and nice. Like why would you not want to go on a leisurely bike ride at sunset? That's adorable other hobbies randomly last summer the echo park swans was one no that's so embarrassing it was it was always ironic but then how many times can you do something ironic before you maybe have to admit to yourself that you might just like it but I don't know I do I'm gonna I'm gonna be stubborn and stick with my original thought that it was ironic love the beach that's one thing I haven't gone this year as much as I went last year and I I don't like that But last year I was driving to Malibu at least once a week and that was really fun. Oh, I just scrolled past your question. I don't know where it went, but it was, how did I get into the hobbies? It's not that deep. Normally I'll do something once and my brain says, I want to do that again and I'll go twice. And then my brain says, I want to do it again. And we're going three times. I think to myself, okay, we got a hobby on its way. Sophia wants a random inexpensive beauty hack. Something I'm complimented on all the time, especially from people I'm sleeping with, is how soft my skin is. And at the grocery store and the drugstore, they sell exfoliating gloves. And I put those on when I'm washing my body. So I'll put the body wash on these exfoliating gloves and wash my body. It's inexpensive. And it's something that really seems to be effective. Ames said, I recently discovered the Kibbe body type system. Curious if you know about this. Enlightening. Let's type it in. Kibbe, K-I-B-B-E, body types. Oh, so this is like a mean, natural, romantic. I don't know what I am. So yes, I've heard of this, but I don't know what type I am, so I don't know how to use it in my favor. Similarly, I don't know what season of colors I am, and I would love to know that. I would love to know my body type according to the system, the colors that I am, and then be able to online shop a little bit better because... I still, to this day, shop for the bony boy body that I had until I was 18. I was so lanky and I'm not that way at all anymore. And I still shop assuming that those things are going to look good on me. And things that didn't look good on me then look good on me now. And I've never made the mental switch. And I think it's stunting me in terms of my style. Anika asked, do you know anything about intellectual humility, beginner's mindset? Love to hear your take. What do you mean? Like, 
like being humble about not knowing something. Like, oh, blind spot in my knowledge. Let's see. Intellectual humility. Intellectual humility involves recognizing that there are gaps in one's knowledge and that one's current beliefs might be incorrect. Oh, I know that for myself so wholeheartedly. As soon as you start believing that you know everything, you're stunting yourself. There is so little that we know. And as soon as you think you know it all, you realize you know nothing and you start all over again. And yeah, there's so many gaps in my knowledge, as well as things that I believe to be so true that I no longer believe. I also think the world would be a much better place if people were willing to open themselves up while listening and consider the idea that something they believed for a long time might not be correct. Had this conversation with a friend recently where, you know how, I, I mean, I have a lot of, there are just a lot of people like this. I was going to say I have a lot of people in my life, but I think there's just simply a lot of people, two things that I'm really learning to have patience with. This has improved my relationships, feeding into a truth that some people, their favorite topic is themselves. I have certain friends, and this might be a fault of my own, but I'm like, when I'm with them, we don't talk about me. Because if we start talking about me, their ears shut off. And I'm like, they're not a bad person. I just think they have no idea how self-centered they are. Like, I just simply don't think they know. And it's crazy because I literally have people in my life where as soon as we start talking about someone that isn't them or something that doesn't have to directly do with their life, their eyes truly glaze over and they can't listen. <laughs> like, that's all right. Like, that's fine. Which, I mean, you could argue, like, why do you have friends like that? I'm like, I don't know. They're, they're not bad people. <laughs> So one thing that some people's favorite topic is themselves and sometimes I'll just feed into that and allow that. And then the other one is that there are certain people that always assume that they're right and they're never wrong. So what I'll do is I'll just be like, oh, can you look it up? And then they're like, oh, interesting. So sometimes it just takes seeing the Google answer to be like, oh, you know, because if I'm telling them what I think, they're not going to believe it as right. But if a non-bias says what the quote-unquote truth is, then they'll probably believe it more. But I think I'm wrong a lot. Many, many, many times I'm wrong. And I have no issue admitting when I'm wrong or that I'm wrong. So all I know about intellectual humility is that it's probably important to have. And we'd all be better for it. And I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, give it five stars. If you want to participate in the next Q&A, my Instagram handle is Lexi, L-E-X-I-E. Other than that, I'll talk with y'all later. Enjoy. Take care. XOXO. Lexi. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.